going on? Welcome to the show. I know I'm going to get copyrighted on that, but I don't care. That was so cool. I had to play it. Shout out to the Reds for making that hype video. Please don't copyright me. I'd appreciate it, but it was cool as hell. Anyway, what's up, guys? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the oldest team in Major League Baseball, the Cincinnati Reds. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I'm up to 2,388 subscribers. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter X and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why not? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. Every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, it's exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So if you got a question, you're dying to ask Jeff Carr, like, what are the Reds going to do in the offseason? What are they going to do with Jonathan India? Is Vado coming back? Give me a super chat. Or you just want to support the show, give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm going to do you live from this glorious place down here. It's the Ice Cave, and the Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. I know we're talking Reds today, but we still got the greatest quarterback in the league. He's back. He's Jackpot Joey. If you want any of the uh, merchandise, the hats, the the shirts, the banners, any of that stuff, go to jackpotjoey9.com if you want any of the beer. It's at Brick Brewery, and lots of major uh, Kroger's has it. Also, this weekend, we had the Jackpot Joey Cornhole Tournament. If you guys are interested in this and signing up, go to Brick Brewery website or any of their social media things. Uh, they had a sign-up and registration, uh, the fee and everything there. You get beer, you get food. They're having chili, chili fest. Uh, they're having a, a, a micro brewery or, or a home brewery contest, so you can taste a lot of different beers. You know, try to win some money in the cornhole. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Make sure you check it out at uh, Brink Brewery. What's up, to everybody in the in the chat? Wow, we got three people. Woo! You guys really do not want to talk Reds today, but I don't care. I want to talk Reds. <laughs> Strangers in there. Brad's in there. Paul's in there. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. All right, let's get to the man who knows exactly what the Reds are gonna do. And he's going to predict it right here on the show. He's Jeff Carr. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> yeah, I got to predict it right, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. What's going on, man? So how, how's it been? Man. Are you all right? I, man, I, I'm waiting for, I, I tell you, I'm jealous of the playoff fans. I'm jealous of all the postseason activity that they're getting to watch. But I am stoked looking to next year because i think that we're going to be right there with them in exactly. 2024 i just tweeted out that that video I, that i took from the reds and i said bold prediction we're going to the playoffs next year and you and me were talking off the air before we started here and i said this is the first time and i don't remember how long that i'm really looking forward to the offseason to what yeah. the reds are actually going to do because they don't they got to do something but yes. it's not a ton of stuff they got to do. And the good thing is everybody that we have, like our core guys, are all under contract. So we don't have to worry about the, the Reds. Oh, they're not going to pay them. They ain't got to pay them. They're not going anywhere. So we're we're set up to be good for a long time here. I think, too, the important part about what the Reds can do this offseason is that it's all within realistic, like, expectations. Like, mm -hmm. we don't need – Nick crawl to go out and get, you know, Randy Johnson or, or right. go get us a Cy Young pitcher. We don't need him to go get a middle of the order hitter. That's going to bring in 50 homers. We don't need him to go get Shohei Otani. Although that would be It'd really be nice. fun. I, I, I um, was for that by the way. 
that would, that would, I mean, I would definitely, I would definitely like that, but we don't need that. We right. need, you know, a right-handed hitting outfielder to platoon with Will Benson. We need bullpen arms, maybe a starting pitcher and that's it. And, 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 and there's no such thing as a salary cap in baseball, but the money looks like very good, very positive. If you're looking at what is expected to be on the Reds payroll next year for them to be able to make those moves this off season. So I'm with you. I, I think that this is going to be a busy off season. I think it's going to be a fun off season. We're going to be talking about a lot of key new additions that Nick crawl is about to bring in within the margins. Exactly. All right. So before we get into that, let's roll back to the season which I just like to call it a surprising season. I think it surprised everybody. Like, dude, I I, sw- I thought we were going to lose 100 games. I thought we were going to be awful. I did not think five or six or so. I can't even remember how many rookies came up. <laughs> we had so many rookies right. come up and, and, and play great for us. And it started off with opening day. Spencer Steer hit a home run, and that was the unveiling of the Viking helmet. And I thought yes. that was one of the coolest freaking things that they did this year. The baseball is, you know, letting some of this, you know, the ties off the players to go celebrate the Viking helmet was, was so cool. I'm excited to see what they're going to do next year. But what was the first thing you thought of when you saw the Viking helmet? I love it because first and foremost, baseball is a game. And and I hear too many people just like, man, they need to act like they've been there before. They need to, you know, be this and that. And the other, it's just like, these guys don't wear ties. Like they, they wear baseball jerseys and they, and they chew gum and, you know, they don't chew tobacco anymore, but you know, they do all this different stuff while they're playing a game and as, as tense as postseason baseball is, and as you know, high pressure as we put different things on, uh, you know, different games, this is a game and, and to watch them enjoy it. I, I love that. Um, the Viking, I mean, I'm biased. I loved it the most. I think I like, the, I, by the way, you have an elite hat on right now. I, I must, I must, oh, that. this was all right. That. By, by the way, far and away. I think the best, like I, I missed the bucket hat last year or, you know, two seasons ago. Um, and, and there's been so many bobbleheads. This, this hat right here is the best giveaway that the Reds have had in a long time, a long I like time. That's what I got this year. That was, that was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I missed uh, that that cool. What did they, what, uh, what they get that it. one away for? This one was yacht rock review night. I, ah, I love, that was a fun night. I like it. Um, I like it. but no, it's, I, I really feel like that was a great. A, a great update to the game of baseball as we see folks like kind of, you know, be loose with the game and right. have fun with it. I, and then, like I said, like the Viking was the best because I'm a Homer, but I think close was the angels and their samurai like yeah. Yeah. helmet thing that they did. That was pretty sweet too. But I just love seeing that around baseball. It was a lot of fun. Exactly. Exactly. And one of the, uh, we Graham Ashcraft got off to a Rocky start, but he finished strong, but one of the things I remember him doing this year is, is he pitched on the day that his grandmother uh, passed away and that, how emotional that was and that his grandma was behind him all the way through baseball and she would have wanted him to pitch. I thought that was just a cool a cool moment for, for Graham and, and just for the team uh, in general. I think that was a good moment too. And like you, you think about like Michael Lorenzen a few years ago yep. – um, and, and and different things like that. Like it's it's easy to forget that baseball is a human game, and that was a great reminder that you know Graham Ashcraft's just a dude, and he's really good at throwing a fastball and making a cut and making it go ninety eight miles an hour and getting guys out. But he's a dude just like you and I, and he goes through things with his family and and people close to him, people that he loves, and. Yeah, he he hit a little bit of a skid after that start, but the way that he pitched that day, and then he was able to bounce back from that skid. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's the 
the best part about any sport is the human element of and, and how it affects everything for a guy like Graham Ashcraft that we're kind of putting on a pedestal of just like he's one of the reasons why we're so excited for the future of this team. Another one is Paul Paul Parada was uh, Abbott, Andrew Abbott. I mean, mm-hmm. dude came out of nowhere. I, I mean, for him to pitch like he did, and, and uh, he's a gamer, he's a bulldog. He was dead tired. <laughs> his yes. arm was his arm was dead. I mean, it wasn't hurt. He was just tired. It's the most innings he's ever pitched. So shout mm-hmm. out to him and like all the guys that came up. Brandon Wilson came up. Uh, Andrew Abbott said Ellie, of course, Ellie De La Cruz, the most electrifying man in baseball. Matty Bats, Matt McLean. I mean, uh, j- just the rookies in general. I don't remember. I think I said this last time you're on the show. I never in my 48 years on this light on this earth ever remember that many rookies coming up and contributing. Cause we had, I think as many rookies this year as we did last year or pretty I, damn close. I think. And that was something that kind of surprised me. I think the reds actually had more call-ups a year ago, okay. but there's just weren't that impactful. It was a lot of just let's throw whatever yeah. we got at the wall and see what sticks. Um, I think, and, and he mentioned Andrew Abbott, the biggest surprise for me is the fact that both he and McLean were picked just two years ago in the draft. Right. I mean, what do we always say about a rookie is that, you know, when you pick a guy in the draft, you're like, great, great draft pick, see you in like four years. Right. But these guys were picked in the 2021 draft and, and to see how much of an impact that they had on this team. And by the way, credit to you calling him Matty bats. I, I got on Steve for this. Nobody call him Matty ice anymore. Matty ice is Matt Ryan. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Matt, Matt, Matty bats, Matty uh, McBang, Matty yeah. McClutch, Yippie Kaye, yeah. Matty McBang. I don't know. Like just yeah, something. Ice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, other it's like when I get upset with people calling Joe Burrow, Joe Cool. Don't call him Joe Cool. That's Joe Montana. It's already been used. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. So I always call him. That's kind of my, my nickname. Maddie Bats with Maddie McBang. That's another one I, I like too. And one thing, I, and then you and me, we hate the Cubs. Kiss them. Yeah. And to sweep them for the first time in a decade was awesome. I was thoroughly enjoying myself watching them whoop up on the Cubs. That was early in the season until the really? Cubs got better and they really put we uh, thought we put a death nail in their uh playoff chances there i couldn't believe they came back from that i know yeah i was i was happy with the sweep anyway that was, that was a good good couple of days i had the locked on cubs guys texting me like oh my gosh what the heck <laughs> like, you guys aren't supposed to be this good like what are you doing mm-hmm. um the whole mantra of the america's team uh the guys who had the the first home runs as their major league uh for first major home runs willie b willie benson yep I call Willie be bad. That one, I'll never forget that. Hit that, slams his back down. Let's go, you play, 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 play. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was fired up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was fired up watching that one. And then who could ever forget Ricky Carter? Wild thing. <laughs> How in the hell he got out of that inning? I will never know. He he barely threw a strike. I mean, it's going here, going there, going everywhere. But he got out of the inning. Kudos to and and I forget the the commenter's name, but there was a commenter the other day on the podcast that was just that included him and in his bullpen prediction for next year, and I'm like, kudos to you, dude, because I'm not predicting him in the bullpen next no. year because I mean, we had that one night, the one time, the one game. That's all we're gonna go with that. I, I don't know that. I mean, hey, maybe he figures out the control thing this next season, but he's got a hell of an arm. Rough. But if it's going, oh my goodness! Like again, that was a night that you know in. Going back to it, it's like, yes, Ricky Carter got the save, but so did Kirk Sally. Kirk, Kirk Sally reason, yeah. stopped so many wild pitches from happening. There was that could have been really bad. 
soccer catch, trying to catch a couple of those. I don't know how he got up there out of his crouch to go get them, dude. He almost had a jump to get some of them. <laughs> yeah, the jumping and and sliding over and just trying to stop them. I mean, there were so many different relief pitchers that came through this bullpen. And to think of how strong this bullpen was all year long, like some of the guys that had to pitch when everybody else was dead tired, uh, there, there's a, uh, and, and I think Gingersaurus Rex on Twitter made it, but there's a Sporkle quiz mm -hmm. for you to guess all of the 65 players that appeared in at least one game and it's position players, pitchers, and all that other stuff. If you go and you do that Sporkle quiz and you get, I had 58 and there was like some relief pitchers and I'm just like, I wasn't just, just for the, guy. for the Reds themselves. Just for the Reds, yeah. Oh wow, I don't know if I shoot. I don't know if I can. <laughs> that was that was a tough quiz. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. But what we'll, we'll think back to a uh, wild thing there. Uh, the interview with Jim Day, where he's like, <laughs> yeah. he was just in a daze. He's like, I don't know what the f just happened. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, I'm pitching. Yeah. <laughs> this well, isn't a dream. We're in Kansas City. <laughs> what? What's going on here? Right. And then we got to talk about, like I said, the most electrifying man in baseball, Ellie De La Cruz. I mean. Matty Bats came up, and then he took he came up, and those two changed this team. Ellie De La Cruz, I, I mean, he throws the ball harder than anybody. He runs faster than anybody. He's hit the ball faster or harder than anybody else. I mean, I, I know he had the month long where he wasn't doing so hot, but he started coming back around. I mean, he's twenty one years old. I mean, dude, he's going to be something special. I'm so excited to see him with the Reds. I think I think it's easy for us as Reds fans to dismiss individual accomplishments in like a short window or like one game or something like that because of Aristides Aquino. Like we remember that first month and yeah. then we remember that nothing happened after that. So Ellie hitting for the cycle, people almost sort of dismiss that now. And I'm like, guys, no one since Eric Davis has hit for the cycle. Barry Larkin didn't do it. Joey Votto never did it. Like Ellie did something that has not been done in a very long time for this franchise that can't be dismissed. And while you go through an adjustment period, that's called being a rookie right. at some point, pitchers see the tape on you. They see how to pitch you. And then you got to figure that out next because this game, every single one of these players were not just the best in their high school. They weren't just the best in their college. They're the best in their organization. That's right. why their organization has them on the roster, which means that they are just so far away better than anyone that he has ever faced in his career. So he is going to have to learn to constantly adjust. I think we saw it. Yeah. Toward the end of the season. That's, that's he, what I was about to say. Toward the yeah. end of the season, he started coming back around, I, I, I thought. Yeah. So I, I thought he made the adjustment. Now, there's going to be an adjustment. It's baseball. You Like you said, you yes. always talk, ask Joey Votto how many times, yeah. how great a hitter he is, how many times he, he had to adjust. So, I mean, it, it's going, it's, it's, it, he, I, his, he's so much different than Aquino. Aquino had, he literally had one month. Oh, yeah. He only had one month. I, I think they just all threw fastballs down the middle. And it was a great month. It was so much fun. But Ellie, Ellie's different, you know. And I, I just think that he is going to adjust. He looked like he, he started to. And, the, the, you know, it's unbelievable what he could be for this team. I mean, yeah, he is Eric Davis. And if I'm going to age myself. But Eric Davis, before he the injuries hit, he was the best player in baseball. Now, go look at the season up 1987. Unbelievable player. I mean, I think Ellie could be uh, just as good as Ronald Cunha, Cunha Jr. That's, yep. to me, 
I don't know if he will or not. He has the ability to do that. Uh, do you, am I overshooting myself? No, I, I, and I think it's it's interesting because we kind of do this thing where, like a top prospect like him, we tend to overhype him mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I don't think we're overhyping. No, I, I, I think at some yeah. point he's going to reach that level. It's just it's going to take a moment because, like you said, he's 21 years old. This isn't the case of, like, you know, the Reds called up some dude. He's 24, 25, been in the minors for, like, you know, a long time. Right. But Ellie is still just a kid trying to he's figure things like 16. out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, he's he's going to get there. It's mm-hmm. just he's got to learn. He's got to learn this. He's got to learn that. There's different parts of his game that once he puts those together, and I don't think it's going to take him that long. He is going to be one of the top 10, top five best players talked about in the league. I firmly exactly. believe that. And another one that I, I, I'm excited about that I don't think, I think he's just scratching the surface is uh, uh, Marte. I yes. mean, he, he, it, toward, I, toward the end of the season, he was on fire. He was the best hitter on the team the last week of the season, I, wow. I think. So, I mean, he's the- another one. Go ahead. Into the season on a hitting streak. I'm trying to remember how. Yeah, long I think he, I'm, I'm 99 percent sure he did. 14 he, games. It was a, it was a game, something like that. Yeah, and it was an on base streak too, as well. Yeah. So he's, uh, yeah, he's a really smart hitter. That's something that you know I think people discount when you think about a rookie because you do think about Ellie and his very over aggressiveness, but Noelvi Marte and 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 CES both yes. are very adept at working the strike zone making the pitcher throw them their pitch mm-hmm. and then you know if they're not going to get that one pitch they're able to do with what they can and that's why I think a lot of them are like steers like that Matty Bats is mm-hmm. like that all and when we were on the 12 game winning streak that's what they were all doing you know they were making them pitch and then later on in the season I think they got too aggressive or, you know, mm-hmm. they had to, they had to strike it out more. That's what I started getting frustrated. Like, go back to, to being selective again, you know, right. and they got back to it. Um, but that, but again, I like I kept telling people on the show, they're rookies, they're young guys. This is yeah. what you what you have now. The good thing is they went through the season, so they know what it's like to to be in a playoff push. I mean, that is valuable experience that they got already, so they know what it's right. like. So next year, when we're in this. Hopefully the nerves and everything will calm down a little bit more and the pressure, you know, they'll be able to handle I mean, the pressure is not going to go away, but they'll be able to handle it a little better than they did this year. Yeah. And they're going to be a little bit more ready for the entire season, mm-hmm. not just, Hey, you're going to play baseball for a couple of months. No, you can play baseball for six months. Yeah. So you got to be a little bit ready for that, but I'm with you. I think this was invaluable experience and, and, it stinks that the Reds didn't make the playoffs. I hate it that they didn't make the playoffs, but don't throw the baby out the bathwater and forget the fact that they improved by 20 wins mm-hmm. in one season. That's mm-hmm. how much talent that they call it up. That's how much talent they've got to work with next season. Now, is everybody just going to continue to get better in this upward trajectory? No, we, we know what happens. Life isn't that way. But... You, they have so many different guys that a couple of them could have a down year, but the rest of them, you know, if the rest of them, you know, either stay the same or get even better, you're talking about just a really talented roster, assuming that the Reds also go out and fill within the margins that we hope they do. Exactly. All right. So let's get get into the offseason here. And I'll start off Paul's uh, question here. He said, who did the Reds add to the 40-man roster today? I don't know that. Do you Do you know who they added? I know that they cut five guys off the roster yesterday, which there were some surprises to me in that Vladimir Gutierrez was cut yes. off the 40-man roster. And then um, 
there was one other. I think it was he was the biggest surprise for me. Not that he was cut, but that he passed through waivers. No one up, wanted yeah. to pick him up on and just give him a flyer. So that is what kind of surprised me there. I mean, his arms um, hurt more than we're, we're led to believe. You think? <laughs> or is it- it's very possible. Just because I know that, like, when you when I saw the update about him, is that you know he was returned from his rehab assignment. I've seen that more right. that, that like roster update headline thing. Saw that more this past season than I feel like I've ever seen before. And what that simply meant was, yeah, he uh, re-injured himself, but they just didn't say it that way or right. he had a setback or something. And so he had, I think it was like three or four appearances in triple uh, a Louisville. And then they sent him back to the IL. Right. And that's how he finished the season. So I think that, you know, coming back from Tommy John surgery, it's never a sure thing that yes, hard and fast, you're going to start pitching again, in the major leagues one year after your surgery. Right. So there's probably a little bit of that. I expect to see him in good year competing for a spot, most likely in the bullpen. Uh, and, and then you could possibly see him as like the eighth or ninth starter right. on the depth chart. So what's the, I haven't heard anything lately about TJ Anton. I felt, I was so happy see him come back from his second Tommy John and then he hurt his arm again. Do you have any uh, new information on him at all? I haven't heard anything. The the thing that stinks about that, I mean, elbow discomfort, it's it's not something that as as hard as you could possibly squint, it's really hard to paint in a optimistic light. Mm-hmm. I understood why we didn't hear anything about it. Like once that happened, this, I think down. Yeah. yeah. My my initial thought was don't even don't even worry about it. You know, like I get it. We were starting to see some things and starting mm-hmm. to see some signs that he probably could bounce back to his prior form. But if you bring him back and then he really re-injures it, then right. you're probably talking about his career being over. Right. So if you shut him down, get him the rest, bring him back next year, hopefully he can be healthy then he could be a contributor for the bullpen. But again, that's going to be a guy that I cannot say I, I'm counting on right. next year. It's going to be a guy that I'm hoping for. All right, two key guys that I know we're going to talk about pretty much all offseason until they do something with them or they keep them. Uh, well, resign one of them. Uh, Joey Votto, the Canadian Cowboy, Joseph Dan Devato. Uh, is he coming back? And then Jonathan India. Do they keep him? Do they try to trade him? If they do keep him, where does he play? Uh, what, what's your thoughts? on? Uh, we'll go start with Joey Votto because we both love Joey Votto. <laughs> Joey, yes, yes. Preface that by saying it, the moment that they bring back Joey Votto, I'm probably going to you know, pour me a nice glass of bourbon or something there to celebrate. <laughs> um, but I don't necessarily know that I would put my money on that happening. There's been a lot of strange messaging, and I, I, I think that, number one, Joey doesn't owe this organization anything because he's given this organization everything over the course of his career. So for anybody that is saying that, you know, he's putting ownership in a bad spot or he's putting the front office in a bad spot with his comments on the Dan Patrick show, that's just, that that's just so backwards. Uh, and, And I don't, I don't agree with that at all. The thing of this is though, the reds can't be stingy with money. I think, the conventional wisdom would say that where Joey's at in his career, a $20 million option from a fiscal sense probably isn't like the best thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to quibble over that $20 million, what's that say about the rest of your roster that you're going to go you know, through and, and, and add pieces here and make sure that you're fine tuning right. positions here with different ads, different trades and things like that. Like 
if you're going to if, if Nick Crawl's going to sit here and be like, well, it's the 20 million, that's really going to be the hangout because it really sounds like if Joey hits free agency, he's not just going to be, you know, waiting on that first call from Nick Crawl and being like, yes, I'm coming back for whatever number you give me. Right. I think he's going to you know, have some fun and, and court some different offers for some different teams. He might want to go home too. He might want to go to Toronto. I want to go home. And, yeah. and, and, and if a, if a contending team comes and offers him a role that would be bigger than what the reds would offer, make no mistake about it. I'm not advocating that they bring him back as the everyday first baseman. Right. But if a team does that, then I find it hard pressed for Joey to pick a rotational option over playing every day. And that's why picking up the option is so interesting to me because the reds, the ball's in the reds court right now. Mm -hmm. So, all right. With that being said, Jonathan India, I think we, I, I, we both can agree that Matty bats is going to be our everyday second base. I don't know with David Bell as your manager and nothing against David Bell with all the guys that they can move around and play different positions. You know, it's going to be, he's going to be able to interchange people, but India, they never put him in the outfield to see if he could do it. He doesn't have a really strong enough arm to play third base. I think you could possibly put him at first maybe sometimes. But if you bring Joey Votto back, then you got him and you got CES. You don't really need three guys to play first base. Uh, I don't think his arm's strong enough to play right field, maybe the outfield. I'm like, I don't know. That's where I'm kind of like – but the thing I preface with, with, with this, both these guys I think are key guys – to keep because of the leadership and in the locker room, I, I, in the clubhouse. I don't know if they're going to keep them or not. And I'm not saying, but yes, by God, we got to keep them both. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that yet. I, I'm not sure myself right now to be, to be honest with you. What's your thought? I, th I think it's more likely that India's with the Reds next year than Jonathan or than Joey Votto. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's strange because there are two schools of thought with this, the objective school of thought, just makes it seem as though you cannot come back next year with both these guys. And then the emotional school of thought says you can't lose either one of these guys, right. because like you said, the, the leadership factor that both bring to this team, the interesting thing for me is are, are the reds going to gamble with that? Because I feel like you can, you can paint Matt McClain as the leader of this team very easily. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, you know, I remember the article talking about Joey Votto in his first game back. One of the first people to address him in the locker room was Matt McClain. And, you know, paraphrasing here, not exactly what Joey said, Matt McClain said, but Matt McClain was basically like, welcome back, old dude. Don't mess it up. You know, like <laughs> right. something like that. Like right. he was right. not afraid to yeah. to tell him like it was. Well, he was right. <laughs> right. And, and you know, yeah. you know, Ellie's a leader. Um, I, I, Steer's a leader too. Stevenson I, 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 is a leader. Steer's yeah. a leader. I, I really feel like this team has lots of personality to it. So I would not feel like losing one guy could be that big of a deal. Plus on the objective side, and, and you and I talked about the software beforehand. Um, I think it's reasonable to expect that India might be the fifth best infielder on this team. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's Marte, Ellie, McLean yeah. and CES. That that's your everyday infield. If you know, and I think Steers your left fielder, and Stevens is your catcher. That's and right. then TJ uh, Friedel is a, a center field right field. I'm not sure yet, <laughs> but that, that's yeah, what right. I, 
Good. Right field's definitely got to be that platoon. It's, it'll be Benson against righties. I would love him. Uh, I would love to see him play against left-handed left-handed pitchers more often. But that's not the Reds' mentality. And and people say, well, that's not David Bell. Well, if you got a different manager in there, he would do the platoon thing too. The Reds have done that for a while now. Um, but I I really feel like if the Reds were going to play Jonathan India in the outfield, they would have done that in right. some way, shape, or form. They did it with Spencer Steer. They were, uh, you know, they were. Steer also exper- volunteered to do that too, which I thought was was right. awesome. That, that, that yes. was that's leadership right there. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but go ahead. And, and, and the other part of this with me, and I don't think it's coming from India. I think it's coming from his agent mm-hmm. being Scott Boris. But the Reds don't leak information. And what was it we were talking about all season long? Well, there's another rumor about the Reds possibly trading Jonathan India. I think these are things that Scott Boris is leaking out there. And I think that Scott Boris sees the writing on the wall that his time in Cincinnati may not be very long. At least, you know, we're we're coming to the point where the Reds have to figure out with a couple of years of control left, how much longer are they going to keep him on the roster? I don't foresee them giving him a contract extension. So when is the right time to trade Jonathan Indy? Because then there's the other question of what are they going to get for him right now if they do right. trade him? Right. Uh, Paul here has an interesting, which I, I'm not against this. It's just moving a lot of guys around. He said with Ellie's speed and cannons, should move him to center, which I, I've kind of said that myself. Mm-hmm. McLean to short, steer at third, and India stays the same, which that would, wouldn't be bad. And then you have TJ Friedel. Uh, I guess you have him in but left then you field. have Marte. Where's Marte play? Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, where's Marte? Okay, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Marte would be a third. Steer would be in left. Yeah. So Steer, um, yeah. Marte would be a third. Steer would be in left. Yep. And then maybe, maybe Friedel, Friedel would and be Benson. Man. Even though it'd be a strange platoon of lefty lefty, but Friedel hits lefties pretty or, well. Or if you put Friedel in center and put Ellie in right. Yeah, his and, his arm would play very yeah, well. His arm, right his arm would arm would work for right field. Well, then, I, I don't know. There's, a, I mean, it's a lot of stuff, and that's what's kind of yeah. cool about what the Reds have. And you know, they, they could a, move these guys. You know, they got yeah, a lot of talent, and they still have. I mean, and you still have Edwin Arroyo, who might not come up till late next year, maybe early 2025. But right. still, you're you're talking about a team that's not done with the talent in the farm system coming up, there's still plenty of guys that are coming up and, and on their way, probably not going to be like it is like, like the way it has been this year is such a deviation from the norm. Yes. Like we're used to seeing teams call up one or two guys that are really, really good. The fact what, that the Reds did seven. Yeah. The fact <laughs> yeah. the Reds had that many guys, it's just, yeah. it's so far and away different, but that doesn't mean that they're going to stop with the talent because that's what this team is going to be built on in the future. So I, I do find it interesting. I think that, you know, if I were a betting man, I'd probably say that Jonathan India gets moved. I just don't know what that looks like because then, I mean, the way that we're talking about this right now of where Jonathan India plays, you better believe anybody that Nick Crawls got on the phone is probably having the same conversation right, with him. Right, exactly. Where are we put? Exactly. All right, with that being said, um, what offseason moves uh, do you say the Reds got to make Will make or it's a, it will put it to it's a dream that they make this one. We'll start with the ones that they 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 should make right now. The ones you think more predictable, you think they should uh, address. I definitely think that we're going to see an outfielder come in. Um, they, they've done so much with Stuart Fairchild over the last year, and I I really feel like he's just a quadruple A outfielder at this point. Yeah. 
uh, which you don't you don't hate having those guys in your organization. It's just you kind of hate you know depending on him for an entire 162 game stretch. Are you talking so about I think we'll, for a more for a backup role? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think more more of like a you know this guy got hurt, but we got Stuart Fairchild coming up from Louisville, so we feel all right. Right type deal. I don't think that he should be on your opening day 26 man roster if everything is right. you know with all things being equal. But I, I also think they'll go out and they'll get a couple of bullpen arms. Uh, they, they cannot have watched this last season and think that it's number one, all going to happen the same way again, because this same bullpen squad was actually not very good in 2022. Mm-hmm. So 2023's bullpen, while it was good, I think should be a cautionary tale for the reds that, all right, we can't just always bet on bullpen pitching being the same thing. They need to go out and get some bullpen. I think we'll see at least two guys come in for that. Probably one recognizable name, one that we'll have to do a deep dive on and be like, okay, this is why he's exciting. And then the wish, the the probably dreaming level thing, and I saw this in the inquiry today and it really piqued my interest. And of course he pitched <laughs> against the Astros today and it wasn't all that great, but could Sonny Gray come back? Could the Reds go out and bring him back, put him into the rotation, be a stabilizing force for this team? And that way you don't have to bet on sophomores, you know, guys on their sophomore season, and then, you know, either third-year players or third-year players who missed their second year altogether, so they might as well be sophomores themselves. You know, well, this hope. team. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The team's going to be super young, so mm-hmm. – can you bring in that veteran starter? And I think it's a dream level scenario that Sonny Gray could be the guy, but that'd be a lot of fun. I I, I take it. I, I do think it would be nice to have a veteran guy in there. And I, I keep, and like I said, this might be a pipe dream for me, but I keep comparing and seeing Hunter Green, Lodolo, Ashcraft, and now I have it. And yeah. we can throw Williamson in there too. But uh, these guys, the – the point of the career they're in, it reminds me of the Atlanta Braves when they first had Maddox. Well, not Maddox, but they had Glavin, Smoltz, and Avery. And they went and signed, yes. they went and signed Maddox, but they had Charlie Liebrandt. He was their fourth starter in the first time they went to the World Series. So that's where I'm I, 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 by, no, by no means saying these guys are all going to be Hall of Famers at all. But we have mm-hmm. a, a chance for, I don't know, four of these guys, three of these guys to be really freaking good. In the next couple of years, I think, you know, so yeah. I, I don't I agree with you about bringing in a veteran starter to to take the pressure off them to show them the ropes. Your Sonny Gray would be perfect. I love I love Sonny Gray. That would be awesome. And I think it'd be kind of cool to see the Reds play around with the idea of like a six man rotation where you can give an extra day off to to different players. I mean, Hunter Green has had injury problems every year of his career. Nick Lodolo's coming off an injury plague season. Graham Ashcraft has dealt with injuries in both of his seasons. Like to to say that you expect the starting five to be healthy pretty much all year, that only happened once in 2012. And even I, I've talked to Bronson Arroyo about that, and he's just like, even for us in the in the in the starting rotation, we all just kind of looked around. And we we're just like, wow, this is really this is really working, huh? This yeah. is uh Everybody's staying pretty healthy. This is yeah. this is pretty nice. It doesn't like, happen all the time. <laughs> doesn't happen all that time. So yeah. you need to prepare and, and, and have some some depth. And, and and the other question that I have too, because I love Brandon Williamson and, and the development that we saw with him, but the Reds seemed very against the idea of him pitching a third time through the order. Yes. It's it seemed like as soon as he got through the number nine hitter the second time, they're like, All right, 
here we go. Get the mm -hmm. bullpen. Mm -hmm. If it was the fourth inning, if it was the third inning, mm -hmm. that's what they were doing. So it was like, are they going to take those training wheels off next year? Or is this going to be a thing as we move forward? Because I know that that's something that Tyler glass now has done in his, in his career. And, um, I think Blake Snell as well, or no, Blake Snell had a better year this year, but Tyler glass now for sure. And yeah, while Tyler glass now would be a dream to have in this rotation, I still would rather see Jeff. I don't want to see any more bullpen games. <laughs> no, neither do I, dude. I'm with you. I don't, I don't, I don't either. I don't either. I, 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 I can't. I want I want pitchers to at least at least pitch to the fifth inning. <laughs> at yes. least. Like, for the love of God. Like qualify I, I, for a win. Yes. Do it. That, would, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, now Jolly here brings up an interesting one. Uh to bring up uh bring back Trevor Bauer. Mm -hmm. That would be I I'd be for it. I mean, I, I don't know about I you, but he's pitching over Japan. There would definitely need to be some qualifications mm -hmm. on that. It would need to be an incentive laden deal. I would need to see what he looks like in spring training because you're you're talking about a dude that's been out of the game for a minute. And as as much as Japan has an amazing baseball scene, when you're talking about talent level, that is somewhere between AAA and major leagues. Right. It's yeah. not major league yeah. level. So what does his pitching look like? I know he had some struggles over there in Japan as well. So what's he look like on the mound? Because you definitely, I mean, they're definitely not giving him a huge contract. I think if anybody signs him, it's probably going to be pretty small. Oh yeah, they're, but they're, they're, try him out. So like you said, see what he, what he's even got. Yeah, and, and and I and I say all of that completely disregarding any of the off the field stuff, which we know that there is stuff like, mm -hmm. and I know that you know we have uh, all the different things that came out and, and all that. I'm just talking about what's on the field, and what's mm -hmm. on the field is very up in the air right now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that he would be the guy we're looking for because he would be probably a step above a waiver claim and right. playoff teams don't make waiver claims and then say that that's going to be their, their fifth starter or their sixth starter or the guy that they're going to rely upon a lot. And I know that we, we saw some great performances from guys like Ben lively and some different pitchers that we pulled off of the waiver wire heap there, but I want the reds to go out and get a bona fide guy. Exactly. Augie's got to figure it out. He says, uh, he worked out in Japan because nobody could understand what what the asshole is saying. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> you don't have to talk to him. Yeah, they're exactly. like, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Paul here's got a good point. He says that uh, Williamson needs to develop another pitch, which I, I think that has a lot to do with why the third time, you know, through David Bell's like, you got to go. You know, you got to have that other pitch that you can sneak in on him. Yeah, being a two-pitch pitcher and Spencer Strider is a very, very big uh deviation from all this but being a two-pitch pitcher normally doesn't make you a good starting pitcher and I, I'm with him he's got a breaking ball but the breaking ball just gets smashed he's got to figure out either how to hide it better or how to locate it better or something there uh, because and, and maybe Nick Lodolo can teach him how to hit the back foot with the breaker because he's really good at doing that um, if you could add a back foot breaker into the changeup and the fastball that Brandon Williamson has, you might be talking about a legitimate starting pitcher. Yeah. I think I agree with I mean, that. They, they got talented arms. It's just trying to get them all to freaking stay healthy. They just, they just thinking they could have stayed healthy this year. What we could have had. I, the, I, the, I, I the theoretical starting five for this team could be amazing. Yeah. Uh, talent wise. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, just the guys we have right now could be. Anyway, Jeff, I know you got to get out of here. I appreciate you coming on. Tell everybody uh, where they can follow you at, what you got coming up with Lockdown. And I have a question real quick. 
How did yeah. you get a guy from Hawaii to be on your, your podcast as a Reds fan? How did that come it's, about? So it's funny because he, he grew up in Springfield, so he grew up around here. But, yeah, he moved to Hawaii a while back, and he had his own podcast beforehand called the Reds Alert Podcast. Um, but uh, he, he had joined me on the show, and we figured out that we both generally – we're, we're pretty good at talking about Reds baseball and sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't. Um, and it, it just worked out in the end. So it was, was kind of yeah. cool to kind of cool. To well, you know, if you ever want a third up. guy on there, you know, just, just hire me. I'll, I'll, I'll come <laughs> I and know who to call. Exactly. All right. So, so pl- plug your stuff before I let you go, Jeff. Yeah. It's uh, you can follow us everywhere. You can follow us here on YouTube. You can follow us on your favorite podcasting app and we're coming to you all throughout the off season. We're going to be five days a week up until the week, before two weeks before Christmas. Uh, and then we're going to be, you know, a little bit less than five days a week, but we're going to be with you every step of the way, uh, giving you all the Reds coverage that you can handle. Exactly, man. I, like I said, this is, I said this beginning of this broadcast, this is one of the most exciting times I've been be at the end. I'm like, I, I love playoff baseball, Bob Rayford to get over. I want to find out what the hell the Reds are going to do because I think they're going to do something. And if the Bengals, well, Bengals are going to make the playoffs. I'm just telling you about that. One of the Bengals make the playoffs, and then the Reds make the playoffs next year. We got FC Cincinnati. The Bearcats are doing good. Like, holy crap, this is Cincinnati sports. I mean, God, this is pretty cool. Better than good. Yeah, better than 2012 and losing four to one and 2015 yeah. Bengals. But, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Anyway, appreciate you, Jeff. You take you take it easy, man. Take it easy, Jeff. See you, brother. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that as much as to go follow Jeff on Twitter. Jeff with three Fs. And go follow him on Locked On. Go listen to him on Locked On. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. A, it's it is very interesting. And, and Paul, I really you got me thinking. I really like if you could put Ellie in right, Friedel in center, Steer in left, Marte at third, McLean at short, India at second, CES at first. That's actually not bad. That that would because you'd have a pretty good. You'd have a cannon in the right field. TJ Freedom, and I would put you can put you can put Ellie in center if you want TJ Freedom right, but I would almost put Ellie in right field because you usually always old school baseball. You put the guy with the strongest arm in right field. Either way, if you got Ellie and you got TJ Friedel in uh center and left, that's pretty good. And Spencer Steer, I think he's a pretty adequate left fielder. No, he's not elite, and I mean he, he's gonna stuff he's gonna get buying, but he plays left field pretty darn good. So that would be a very interesting lineup, and that would that would fix what you do with Jonathan India. And let's just say it this way: let's roll back. Just say they do do that, or some version of that. Then you could bring back Votto, or you do bring back Votto, and you have him as your DH backup first baseman. That's 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 you got me thinking. That's that's really, I I I'm more I think I'm I'm really. Because I mean, Matt McLean, I think, is a really good shortstop. I mean, Ellie is, I think, he can become a really good shortstop. He missed a lot of easy stuff sometimes this year. Um, and maybe just get him into the outfield and and let him not have to worry about defense so much and just concentrate on, you know, playing ball and playing and hitting. So, yeah, that's really oh my really I'm more I think about it, I'm like, I really like that. <laughs> I really like that a lot. Um, hopefully the Reds. Uh, like I said, we got to the starting pitching. They got to stay healthy. Hopefully, the, the, the Dolo will come back. I mean, when Nick Lodolo was pitching in April and May, he was dealing. I mean, I remember driving back from Florida 
and listening to, I think it was the Braves. And he was he's punching out guys left to right and looking really good. Hunter Green's got to get more consistent. Brandon Williamson, like you said, he's got to get another pitch. Andrew Abbott, I think he's just got to be prepared to pitch, <laughs> you know, six months, you know, instead of, you know, a couple months. Um, and that's the thing. It's like, I would, this is where I, 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 I fall into this. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to get a veteran starting pitcher. I think it would help. But also I'm kind of like these young guys we got, if they can get it all together, we got five really good young starting pitchers. That can be really freaking good. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's exciting to me. I mean, I, it's just uh, the possibilities that the Reds have with what they have right now is unbelievable. I, they 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 got to fix the, they got that fix, but they got to add to the bullpen. Um, because Diaz is is, is going to have a shoulder surgery here if he has to pitch as much as he did this past year. So they got to add some more arms to the bullpen. Uh, I, I would like their offensive bat coming off the bench, outfield bat. Um, I, I like Senzel. If they keep him, I don't know I, what 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 it, we didn't get just talk to, to Jeff about that. I, I, but I don't know where his options are if they have to sign him or what it would cost to sign him back. But I kind of like he can play second, he can play third, he can play the outfield. You know, so I, I like I like that as the utility guy. But if you don't bring up back him, you got to find another utility guy. Um, but there's not a lot. That's the thing. And the biggest thing, and I keep saying this, I'll say this with Jeff. Just think if the pitching staff would have stayed healthy. And, and we and like but I'm with Jeff. I don't want to have bullpen games anymore. I, I want these guys. We if the Reds are gonna make the playoffs this year, we gotta have consistent starting pitching that pitches at least into the fifth inning. Now, I'm 48 years old. I say this a lot on here, but I'm used to guys like guys used to pitch in the seventh and eighth inning, you know, when I grew up watching baseball. We had a hard time getting guys to the third inning, especially in the second half. So, and I, like I said, I'm hard on David Bell, but I think David Bell did a good job juggling the bullpen. His lineups drive me nuts sometimes, <laughs> but it, you know, it is what it is. The future is very, very bright with the Cincinnati Reds. Like I said, I, they don't have to do a lot. They just have to tweak it a little bit, add some, add some people, maybe move some guys around. I don't know. Anyway. I can't wait. I I, I can wait because we're gonna have Bengals right now. We're gonna go to Super Bowl. Um, but it's gonna be I can't wait till we get to the winter meetings and stuff like that to find out some of the moves that the Reds do. That's what I can't wait for. Anyway, let's get to the uh Facebook groups that let me live stream. And as always, I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hude Nation, Hude Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Radical Reds, the Ohio State Bucknuts. The Ice Bar, and then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle, Twitter threads, Twitter, Twitter X. Uh, handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I'm also on threads. You can look all of it up under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'll be pulling a sound up later on tonight, putting it on the podcast on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Leave a five-star review and a comment. Some more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, you guys are awesome. 2,388 subscribers. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. All right, guys. Tomorrow, the biggest talker in Hootay Nation on Twitter, Zim Hootay will be on the show tomorrow. It's going to be lit. If you've ever seen any of the shows, 
when Zim gets on here, me and him, it's like iron sharpening iron. We both get all excited about the Bengals and what they got going on. So it's going to be an awesome show tomorrow. Make sure you guys check it out. Uh, And other than that, you guys have a wonderful day. And just check out. I'm I'm probably going to get copyrighted, but I play the outro again. This thing is so freaking cool. Shout out to the Reds for making this hype video. I love it. That's your sports, baby. See ya!